We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello and welcome to Greensboro, North Carolina. You're with me in the O. Henry Hotel, where I spent the last four days watching some incredible college basketball at the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8 taking place here in Greensboro. We saw South Carolina move on to the Final Four, as was expected. I think some unexpected things happened in, in this part of the region, but uh, we should kind of digest it a little bit. So I, I just kind of want to get my initial thoughts on the region and, and give you guys a little taste of what I experienced here in Greensboro. Another lovely tournament thrown by the ACC. Had a great time. But more importantly, we got to see some great basketball. Before we get into all that, though, make sure you're subscribed if you're watching on YouTube. And make sure that you are following us at Her Hoop Stats on Twitter and across social media. Make sure you're following me at Gabe underscore Ibrahim as well for all the analysis that I do during games and at different times. And, you know, my random band tweets. My band tweets actually got the most engagement. I was very proud of that because uh, there's some really great band play uh, this weekend in Greensboro. So just make sure you're subscribed to all that, especially with the Final Four coming up next week but right now we only have two of the final four teams set only stanford and south carolina have punched their tickets already i'm recording this on sunday night about 12 55 a.m so if things sound a little weird it's because it's 12 55 a.m on a sunday night after two final after two elite eight games to punch a ticket to the final four so we'll see how this goes but i just i wanted to give you guys my initial thoughts on what happened and we're going to start at the top with what South Carolina did. So South Carolina beats uh, North Carolina in what turned out to be a closer game than, than I think some people expected. It was 69-61. Um, certainly North Carolina had a chance in that game. They made the, the final score a little bit closer than, than maybe it should have been, but they definitely had a chance in that one. Uh, and then Creighton had no chance against South Carolina. We'll talk about Creighton. I really, really enjoyed that team this weekend, but they, they had no chance South, against South Carolina. The final score is 80-50 to 50, um, to, to have South Carolina move on. And I think the big storyline here for South Carolina uh, is, is the fact that I'm still— we've been trying to poke holes into this team all year, right? Because this team is just unbelievably talented. They're unbelievably big. They're so strong and fast and together and focused that— 
we're looking for ways that this may or may not work um, in the in the final four, especially. I think we all kind of pictured them getting to the final four, maybe not seeing. I think we all pictured them getting to the final four. I, I'm not sure what we think is going to happen from there, but um, I think everyone expects them to win, right? They're the number one seed for a reason. They're odds on favor to win for a reason. I think the question for them coming into this weekend was their offense and their shooting. I harped on it a lot. They were shooting very poorly in the postseason. It contributed to that loss against Kentucky in the SEC. It made them look vulnerable they and beatable in a way that they hadn't looked all season long. So we were kind of wondering when, when the South Carolina offense was going to come around. I think in North Carolina, they did a pretty good job. Um, the, the strategy against South Carolina in the Miami game in the second round – North Carolina strategy and Creighton strategy was really we have to sell out to stop the post and, and stop Illinois Boston. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work against North Carolina. She had 28 points and 22 rebounds, 12 of which came on the offensive end. She really broke their will with those offensive rebounds. Against Creighton, she was more ho-hum. She only had 19 points and seven rebounds, only one offensive rebound. Really, really poor outing for the National Player of the Year, who I think has cemented her place as the National Player of the Year. But, you know, you have to go past Aaliyah Boston to understand what's happening with this team. And and coming in, no one else was really shooting the ball well. You look at Destiny Henderson, she was like at 24%, I think, in the postseason. Or no, I'm sorry, I think that might have been Zia Cook. But Zia Cook and Destiny Henderson were struggling from the field coming in. And those two need to be making shots when, when South Carolina is playing bigger teams. If not, it's going to be much more of a knockout, dragout, you know, street fight than, than I think they really want. I think they want those shots to fall and, you know, have some more fluid offense and kind of allow Aaliyah to work in a more normal way rather than having her, having to have her get so many putbacks and having, having to get her um, points on putbacks. They, they want to open up that space against North Carolina. They, they did it a little bit. You know, Zia Cook was three for seven. Uh, from three, Destiny Henderson was three for ten. Only one other, only two other players took threes. Uh, one was Bree Hall in garbage time, and then Leah Boston also took a three. Um, but Henderson and Cook hit their threes early, which was big because it's not just about the percentages, right? Because if you hit them early, then then the team has to adjust. And I think that's what happened in North Carolina. North Carolina came in with a really strong game plan, but they had to adjust as soon as. Cook and Henderson hit a couple, and then they kind of went cold throughout the rest of the game. And for Creighton, Creighton just didn't they didn't have the size to even play that strategy, and it didn't work out. They would send five people to Leah Boston, and Leah Boston would still score, or you know they they just didn't they couldn't keep up offensively either. Even though they have a beautiful offensive system, as I'll talk about in a second, um, you know they they just didn't have a chance. I'm not sure how much we could take away from these games. And I think the problem here is, you know. Do we do we think South Carolina is back offensively? Because they're going to need to be. Look, like North Carolina got close. And North Carolina, while they have some really great talented players, they don't have anyone that can match up physically with Aaliyah Boston or really any of the bigs from South Carolina. So, you know, it, it, if they can get close and if Miami can stifle that offense to the extent that they did, you can imagine what a team like, you know, perhaps Louisville or Michigan or, you know, in the in the final, perhaps Stanford or, you know, UConn or NC State. Any of these teams are stronger defensively and have bigger players and can match up a little bit better. So it, it is interesting to think about what happens if this shot, if this team's shot doesn't come back. Because um, perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps all my harping is just, you know. Uh, window dressing because this team's so good that they don't need to have that to win. But 
I would think, right, that the other teams are good enough to beat them if, if those shots aren't falling. But we'll see what happens with South Carolina. Obviously, best team in the country um, by far. They put their stamp on, on this season already in that category. And I think, you know, they, they've just so locked in and focused on their on their main goal. As Don always says, it's keep the main thing the main thing. This team has done that extremely well. They're extremely focused. I think Aaliyah Boston is is focused and, and playing great basketball. She's also having fun with her teammates, and I think she's smiling a lot more uh, this year, and, that, and that's great to see her enjoying those moments a little bit more. And Dawn's brought that up, that she's enjoying she's enjoying the process a little bit more, which is great. You know, you talk to Zaya Cook, and Zaya Cook is just all right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, all locked in and ready to go. And, you know, I hope the shots start falling for her because, you know, Dawn Staley said in the press conference that the basketball gods are, are just not kind because she's been working so hard and for her not to have the shots fall and to have this sort of negative attention that even I'm giving her is is unfair to her because she is such a great basketball player. And I think she can get right at any point. So it'd be great to see her get right right now as we head into the Final Four and Destiny Henderson as well. I mean, Destiny has had a better season, but lately – that shot's gone away. Um, but, you know, th- those are just the big three, and I've only mentioned those three. Uh, but really, man, Victoria Saxon made a huge difference here in Greensboro. She did so much for this team. She crashed the boards. She took a really nasty spill against North Carolina and got right back up. Um, she provided some really awesome stunts, and she got some pokes on North Carolina and Creighton that really stifled their offense. Saxton, to me, um, may have been the team's second or th- probably third best player behind Destiny Henderson in this regional finals in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. Um, and then you look down the roster, and you know everyone kind of everyone kind of chipped in. Brie Beal, uh, Lily Grissett had her moments. Uh, Amihir actually had a really nice game against Creighton. I don't know what she ended up with. Let me see. Yeah, she ended up with nine points on three or five shooting and uh, three rebounds. So uh, that's not bad. I mean, Saxton, if you want her stats, 11 points, 11 rebounds against Creighton. And... Six points and 14 rebounds, seven of which came on the offensive end against North Carolina. And, you know, those two made a huge impact. I, I think I would rather... It would be interesting to do see what Dawn does with uh, Camila Cardoso. Um, you know, she's kind of in, in the backup center role, but I'm not sure how much they want to just go big when Boston's off the floor because they're so long that, you know, even them going small is bigger than most teams. Um, but, you know... That's all window dressing. Like, really, really, all the stuff I just talked about could easily be explained away by Aaliyah Boston's so great, and this team is so well-built, and they're so strong defensively, and they're so focused on the task at hand that all that stuff just just may not even matter, and they can win the national championship without fixing their shot. And I truly believe that they could do that. Now, it would be much harder if they don't do it. Um, so that's South Carolina. I mean... Y'all, y'all know what's what's going on with them. Uh, they brought awesome fans to the Greensboro Coliseum. Those fans were really loud and really fun, and I think they had a great time. Um, they also were, were kind. I think, you know, I'll talk about Creighton now. Um, they gave a really big hand to Creighton seniors as those seniors walked off the floor, and that was the right thing to do. And Don gave those players a hand, and so the rest of the South Carolina team, because that's, that's who they are. You know? It's a classy uh, organization, and they're kind. And I, I think, you know, Having them as at the top of this sport right now, them and and Stanford um, and NC State and all all these teams at the top, just really, you know, happy that uh, of what kind of groups they are as people seemingly to us, right? You know, we never know. Um, I do want to talk about Creighton. Obviously, 
the Cinderella run has to end at some point. At some point, Cinderella leaves the ball, and the, the clock struck midnight uh, against South Carolina. Um, I'm not going to harp too much on the South Carolina game. You know, early on, they actually did have a chance. They were down by three, about five, about midway through that first quarter. They were down by three, and then, the you know, the wheels came off. They had an injury. Uh, Molly, Mo- M- Molly Mogensen uh, got injured, and she's such a big part of their defense that it, it really just kind of threw a wrench into their system, and then South Carolina just took off from there. And by the time you blinked, it was a 21-point lead at halftime. Um, but so if we can kind of move past the South Carolina game because the more important thing is they did beat Iowa State and and they they took it to Iowa State. I mean, you know, Iowa State is a pretty good defensive team. Uh, obviously, they're more offensive, um, but you know they took it right to that Cyclones team and their offense. Their motion, I don't know what you want to call it. it it's a motion offense, but it, it's all five out, and it's all—it's also very different than the FGCU offense that is also five out. It's its its a very interesting scheme. Um, they love to start on the slot and, and kind of just run staggers and twists, and it's a lot of communication between the players, right? So there's not a lot of set plays. It's more of like, hey, you know, get behind me. You know, I set a flare here. If I don't set a flare, you're going to go – Backdoor. If you cut to the basket, I'm setting a flare for the person coming up behind you. So a really interesting, fun offense that allows the players to play. And I think the thing that I took away from this um, weekend from Creighton is just like that team was so together. They were such a such an amazingly together team that genuinely loved each other. You know, there was a press conference where the entire team showed up. Literally, like the starters were on the dais talking and then the entire rest of the roster sitting behind me, you know, laughing and and, ha- and just enjoying spending time with their starters because they, they want to hang out and have some more fun in the moment. Um, I just was so impressed by that. And I think, you know, the other thing that came up was that they're all going on a trip to Florida together. The entire roster is going on a trip to Florida in May, which is just hilarious to me. Uh, but it also just shows how much they care about each other and they love each other and and I think they want to be around each other. You know, this isn't just a basketball thing to them. It was true friendship and I think that's what that's the point of playing basketball is to develop those bonds. And I think a lot of teams do. I'm not saying that a lot of teams don't. It just came through really with Creighton and I, I was really happy that um, you know I got to get a close up look at them and their coach Jim Flannery, who you know he is he's a he's a funny guy. Um, you know he's kind of stoic, uh, but you know he he always has a joke. So I, I enjoyed them very much, and their offensive system is fantastic. But in that game against Iowa State, I'm telling you, they looked like an elite basketball team. They they were hitting on every single cylinder. They were knew exactly what to do. Um, they were really connected in that same way. I was talking about their chemistry off the court. It, it rubs off on the court. Really connected offensively, and their defense, I thought, was really solid. And they, they matched up really well with a team like Iowa State, who – you know, they have longer, lankier bigs rather than South Carolina, who has, you know, Aaliyah Boston is is chiseled, right? So she's she's just really, really solid as well as being tall. Um, Iowa State has more of a, a smaller, slighter big. Um, so I think they were able to take advantage of those matchups and, and win that game and get to the Elite Eight for the first time in program history. And I think the other thing to bring up with Creighton, though, is like most of these players are sophomores. You know, Lauren Jensen, who we all know her name from from her game against Iowa, her former team. Um, she she's going to be back, 
and you know pretty much everyone on this roster is gonna be back and I think they have a real chance to compete uh in the Big East maybe not for the Big East championship because we all know that UConn's gonna win the Big East championship most years uh but they have a chance to to compete and and maybe even get back to this point you know I'd, I'd be surprised if they got back to Elite Eight but Sweet 16 hey I think that's there for them because the way they play is just extremely hard to prepare for because there's no set plays, right? Like what I was saying, right? There's no set plays. So what, what happens when you're trying to scout these teams in the tournament is you look at their set plays, you look at their ATOs, you look at their, you know, the, most of their half-court sets, and you look at how they defend and transition and all that stuff. And you see how you can attack them and see how they're going to attack you. Well, with the team that doesn't run set plays, the thing you got to tell your team is, well— you got to just stick on people. And if you're not like South Carolina, who has athletes with length and speed at every single position, can pressure the ball, it's really tough to guard them. It's just really, really tough. Um, it's really tough to prepare for them. And it's hard to, you know, s- figure out how they're going to play against your read, right? Because they're just reading the defense rather than running a set play. So it's like almost understanding, like, what am I showing them? And then what are they taking from it? And I think that's just almost impossible to do with a one-day turnaround. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really, really just, I really like Creighton. I uh, hope they do great. Uh, Tatum Rembo is, their se- is one of their seniors. Uh, Peyton Brodsky is another one. Um, you know, I came away really, really impressed with Tatum. She is... A nice point guard. She she runs that offense really well. She ends up with a lot of assists. They lead the country in assisted shot uh, rate and assist to turnover ratio, which is amazing. But I just came away came away really impressed by her as like a person and someone who has really great presence and can really dissect games right after they happen. Uh, I'm not sure most players do that, or maybe they maybe I think a lot of players could do that. A lot of players don't do that. Um, and I think she was she was just really cool. Um, so it was cool to to see her up close and see how she interacts with the team. And it would be sad that the, she's not there with this team next year, especially when you know they could take a next step. But we'll we'll see with Creighton. Um, I'm just excited that I got to watch that offense. I really want to dig into them in the summer now that their season's over. Um, let's stick here and talk a little bit about Iowa State. Um, it was not Iowa State's best game. To be honest, uh, they, I don't think they played particularly well. They shot 38% from the field. Uh, they were 8 of 25 from 3, um, which is just that's not Iowa State basketball. Uh, Bill Fenley has has had them shooting well this year. He's, had, he's put them in good positions to win. You know, I, I think they just had a bad night, ran into a team that was better than them. I think they got frustrated trying to stop that offense, and it rubbed off on their defense a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm sorry they rubbed off on their offense that they were having struggling on defense. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's 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 not something that we're going to take a ton away from going forward. I think the lesson is that, you know, they're going to – they are going to struggle with some teams that maybe are from – you know, obviously Creighton's not a mid-major, but Creighton is a smaller major team, right? They are not – they don't have the size that, you know, a lot of these other teams have. I think – Iowa State's going to struggle with that because even though they do have some nice size, um, their players aren't, like, sturdy, right? They're not huge. Um, so we'll see what happens with Iowa State. I think the big question for them right now is, is Ashley Jones coming back? Um, you know, I I don't know Ashley Jones, but I feel like there's a possibility that she will come 
back for another year at Iowa State. Obviously, her sister is there. Um, obviously, she she's the best player in that school's history. Um, I talked to some of the Iowa State media media folk. Um, shouts to Connor, Jeff, and Tommy, uh, my guys, and I ran Dylan too. I want to make sure I mention all of them. Um, and they're really plugged into the program, and they seem to think that she is coming back just because of her relationship with the school and you know the fact that she she may want to accomplish more. I think the Sweet Sixteen is nice, but she may have more on her agenda. And you know, she, I'm not entirely positive about her as a first round pick either. So it, it may she may come back, and if she comes back. Hey, Iowa State is going to be right back to where they were this year, which is close to the top of the Big Twelve. And trying to get to um, the Elite Eight, which they probably felt like they should have been in this season. But Creighton, Creighton took that away from them. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, Iowa State. They're, they're a good team. Shots to Emily Ryan. Emily Ryan uh, played her guts out. You know, 40 minutes, 22 points, 10 of 16 from uh, the field, 2 of 5 from 3. In addition to all of this, she had 8 rebounds, 6 assists. One steal. Incredible game from her. Uh, Lexi Narski had no less than stellar game, and Ashley Jones really struggled, but the defense was like totally keyed in on her, so not that surprising, but Emily Ryan went off. Absolutely went off. So um, I think everyone's coming back from our, for Iowa State. Pretty sure that everyone's coming back for Iowa State. Uh, if I'm wrong, let me know in the comments. I appreciate it. Because um, I'm not... Obviously, you guys know. If you guys have been listening to this podcast, you know I'm not, like, always right all the time. I hope. Uh, and I'll let you know when I don't think I'm being right. Uh, let's move on to North Carolina. It's getting a little late, so I'm getting a little tired. I'm not going to give North Carolina the, the just desserts. Gotcha. I don't know what that term means. Scratch that. Scratch that from the record. I'm not going to give North Carolina the type of attention that they deserve because they played some really great basketball in this tournament they really impressed. I think people who maybe didn't watch them as much this year, um, just because of, of being around the ACC, I got to see a lot of them, and you know they are stellar. Their length at the, I don't even know. I guess you can call them all wings. I think you either call them all wings or all guards. I'm gonna be honest, because like Alyssa Utsby, she's six one, she plays a four, but she can handle like a guard, right? And Deja Kelly is is close to six foot and can play uh, some of the best best guard play you're ever gonna you're ever gonna see especially in March Madness I mean she had 23 points 9 of 18 shooting um pretty much all from twos tough twos of people in her face from the free throw line extended just banging them home excellent player um another player who I came away from this this uh regional really impressed by not just by her play on the court but how she carries herself off the court I said on Twitter that she's gonna have a very long career on TV She's got a very long career in TV. She has excellent presence, um, and and you know can really just like talk about talk about the game in a way that is most smart brings it down to people. And again, I don't think that's very common. But more importantly, she's just an awesome basketball player. And uh, you know, Kenny Todd Williams, who didn't have the best game against South Carolina, but really came up big uh, in in the Arizona game in the second round. You know, she is stellar. I think she has a she has an amazing um, skill set and body that she can come back next year. I think this team's gonna work really hard in the Courtney Bancard in the summer to get back next year and be better. And I think you know th- this is another team that's gonna be reckoned with. I'd probably bet 
outside of South Carolina, I think the team that's in this region that's most likely to get back to the Sweet 16 next year is North Carolina. Um, one question for them, is Carly Littlefield able to play next year? There's a whole thing um, with the Ivy League situation, and I think uh, Mitchell Northam has the article on that, and he explained it much better than I could right now, especially as I'm fading at 12.47 a.m. Um, you know, but she she comes back, the team's in business. I think they're really, really good. They were just too young. I think they came through at times against South Carolina. Also came through how, how confident they were and how ready they were. I was surprised at how ready they were. But they weren't quite ready enough, you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're still they're still pups. They're still pups. They gotta grow up, and I think this this is gonna push them to being better going forward than uh, than they are right now. And and we'll see. I think Courtney Bankart's a really good coach. I think she's gonna have this team, um, you know, playing very well. I think she's gonna have them playing very well next year. I think you're gonna be a little bit surprised at how good North Carolina is. Okay, so I, I've mentioned how tired I am. I think it's about time to go to sleep. You guys caught the last embers of my Greensboro trip. I had a great time here in Greensboro um, covering these games, and I'm looking forward to going to the Final Four. It's going to be a great time. But something about being in North Carolina, especially with the circus going on on the men's side, it's been uh, quite the week here for uh, basketball-watching folk. Um, and we'll we'll see what happens in the Final Four. Stanford's there. South Carolina's there. We'll see who else gets there. We got Louisville, Michigan, and then NC State in Yukon and the Biggie out in Bridgeport. And we're going to have a lot more coverage from out there. So keep locked here on Her Hoop Stats, and uh, we'll talk soon.